The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. There is a season, Welcome to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf. And I'm Gloria Shanahan. We're not live in the sense of coming to you from the normal, comfy confines of the radio station, but we are, in fact, alive, in case you were wondering. And we're recording this podcast for you through the minor miracle of modern technology and a savvy production staff. If you're a regular, longtime listener, you may have been catching some of our rebroadcast, our encore presentations over the last several weeks, as we have continued to try to bring you the topics and content most relevant to your life. If you're new to the program or have wondered just where the conversation is heading from week to week, well, we're going to do a short refresher for you as long as we can continue to breathe through these masks, right? Yeah. <laughs> we got our we got our PP on here, PPE on in the studio, and uh, I'm fogging up my glasses. You seem to be doing better though. That's because I don't have glasses on. And she's much more and, practiced as yes. a as a mask breather. And overall, I'm just doing better. R- yes, it must be from your life as a as a burglar or a stalker or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> a bank robber. <laughs> used to wearing masks. Okay. All right. So here's the thing: if you if you're not familiar with our program, this show. Uh, deals with a lot of things, but we talk a lot about life change. You know, the change of the seasons, you get it? Like the change we're in right now. It's definitely a new season, isn't it, Bob? And We we have gardening programs on the radio and so forth. We're not talking about that kind of season. We're talking about the seasons of your life. We also talk about aging on this program. We're all getting older, uh, but we're, we're going about that differently from person to person. And from age to age, the challenges are quite different. If you're in your 60s or 70s, is that anything like when you first got married? No way, right? So the rewards and insights that you gain at different parts of your life in different seasons are also different. So are the gifts we're capable of giving at this or that time of our lives. And we also talk about how we care for our loved ones, including our family and friends and coworkers, church communities, and the wider community. That means living outside of ourselves and discovering something about our purpose and meaning, and especially how those things pertain to others. So we put this rambling mess of a show together almost a decade ago. (laughs) A rambling mess. I like that. To make you think, to make you be provoked into action when action is necessary, to get you to plan for the future, to get you to clear away the clutter that may be encumbering your life. We hope that we've been making you think and grow all of these years that we've been with you. Now, one other brief recap item. As we started doing this in the beginning, a lot of our topics, I think, were about a lot of senior aging and care of seniors and so forth. But we've sort of broadened things out over the years. And you've given us the permission to do that by being loyal listeners. And if you're new, you're going to see that we do talk about quite a few few different uh, categories of topics. So we needed to, um, as we expanded these core ideas, we found that we needed some kind of organization, especially when it came to, you know, listeners trying to go back and find podcasts and other material later on. 
So if you wanted to share a show we did with somebody from across the country and you simply had to go through our, what is it, 450 shows, it'd be very difficult to try to track that down. Yes, very time consuming. So to that end, we worked up several categories and you'll find these out on thereisaseasonshow.com at our website. And what are those categories? Well, some of the categories, most of the categories, deal with caring and relationships. That's a huge part of our show, isn't it, Bob? Yes. Health and wellness society and culture, our purpose and enrichment. We deal a lot with lifestyle and transitions of life. And last but not least, financial, legal, and insurance matters. And those are exciting. They are, but those are the big six. Those are the big six. And they're six. all important. Yes. Right? And, and those categories are all out there. And, and there's also some special shows we do that don't really fit that, but we, we like to commemorate our veterans on our program. We've had our friends on from Honor Flight a numer uh, numerous times. We did the show during the D-Day uh, commemoration. Um, so we, we have a bunch of different things. But those are the big six. Caring and relationships, health and wellness, society and culture. Purpose and enrichment, lifestyle and transition, and then financial, legal, and insurance matters. Of course, uh, please know that you can always catch a podcast of the program, even the, this one that you're hearing here, at thereisaseasonshow.com, and you'll see those shows by category. And if you have any questions or you'd like us to maybe do a program we haven't done before, contact us through the website. There's a special contact uh, form there. It's called In Touch, I think is how we have it labeled. You can also just email us at bobandgloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. And a teaser for you. We are endeavoring to take our program to other environments in addition to the radio. You'll soon be able to enjoy our content on YouTube, a whole raft of podcast sites, and through new social media channels. And we're fervently working on all of that for you. Yes, we are. We've got the, uh, the gremlins working, uh, trying to sort out all of that and uh, republish us for the new uh, environment. Now... Let's get current here. Uh, you know, we've sort of recapped for people who are uh, new, and, and we've, uh, of course, we have our, our themes, but the whole context of everything looks different, right? We're in the middle of COVID-19. Everything looks different. And we found that every show we've done already, and virtually every show we'll do for the foreseeable future, like for much of our lives, will now be looked in part within this new reality this pandemic culture, this socially distant lockdown context, this mass affliction that has affected us physically, emotionally, intellectually, and practically is our depression era. It is our 1950s fear of the bomb, or perhaps more apt for some listeners, the fear of polio that used to come around in summertime. Some people will still remember that. Yeah. And regarding what we talk about on There is a Season, it's caused us to rethink so many topics because the vast majority of these involve the dynamics of relationship, not the socially distant kind either in many cases. How we change, how we age, and how we care for one another, it does involve interaction. Some conflict perhaps as well. Collaboration where possible. You hope, right? Right, but at a minimum, communication. This national tragedy has influenced so much. So related to what we just noted about how this pandemic has affected what we do, just take a look at some of the recent shows we did and look how these have become impacted. You can look at these sort of within the, the lens of coronavirus. We did the show on creating a legacy file. It's one of our most popular shows. It gets a lot of response. 
and think about this. This is both a financial and legal conversation. It's a transitional conversation. It's an important thing at any time, but perhaps more so right now, as there's still a lot of concern about how the coronavirus seems to be transmitting human to human, whether we'll develop this herd immunity, or whether certain of us are particularly susceptible to such a virus. Should we have our wishes known, then, to our loved ones? Should we have them codified in documents? Should family members know a lot of the stuff we know regarding property, regarding our intentions, should we get sick or, heaven forbid, pass away? Before, perhaps this was an abstraction, one of those things, the, the, the topic was one of those things we sort of kind of knew we should be getting around to at some point in the future, right? Everybody talks about mm -hmm. that. But what about now, in this context, who knows what the future is going to bring? Absolutely. I know I've thought about that myself. You yeah. know, I mean, we don't know what's ahead. Tomorrow, one of us could end up in the hospital, unable to have our loved one with us. At minimum, the letter of instruction is hugely helpful. You yes. know, a lot of people don't necessarily update their wills and powers of attorney all the time. But things change in your life and you stick it away in a safe someplace. You put it away maybe with an attorney if you've done it that way. And it sits there for several years and you don't go revisit it. People right. need to know our wishes. Right. It's a good time to remember that it's not all about just yourself, that there are other people that are going to be affected by your inaction or your action. Right. Right. Another show that we recently reran was Clutter. It's a lifestyle and transition topic that we've covered over the years and appropriate to consider for so many reasons. One that's been very well received, and one of these things is very practical. A lot of us have some extra time on our hands right now. Yep. That's not great news for a lot of people who are struggling financially, who wonder if they'll ever get their job and insurance back. Obviously, that's of paramount importance. But as regards to the clutter of our lives, we're home now. We've got perhaps an unprecedented opportunity to deal with our stuff, to really look around and see if there are ways to live lighter and less encumbered. Should we or a loved one need to make a decision for a transition to another living arrangement? Would we not have been prudent to undertake this mission? Oh yeah. It's time for spring cleaning anyway. So why not deal with all the clutter in your free time? I was gonna say simply being home means you see a lot more of your clutter. You know, in the day-to-day, -day, if you're really busy, you're coming and going, you're going out the door and you go, eh, I can, I can live with that in the garage. Now you're home, a lot of people are facing it every day going, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe I own all this nonsense. You, you know? can't walk out the door in denial any longer. It stares <laughs> at you. Right there in your face. Yes, that's right. So uh, kind of related to that, when you talk about stuff, another thing we've talked about here when we had um, Chuck and Karen Button on recently from Worthwhile Estates was the idea of an estate sale. Very often following the passing of a loved one, we're dealing with the disposition of an estate, perhaps in line with concerns about the virus's potential toll on our loved ones or ourselves. Would it not benefit us to know something about estate sales? We got an inquiry about that just this week. Beyond simply removing clutter, what do we want done with our belongings after we're gone? We're not just trying to blow our own horn here. These, are, these shows were scheduled and happened to air during the crisis, but it just seems like a lot of them are very relevant. Here's a couple more. Another one is careers later in life, sometimes discussed in the context of personal fulfillment and staying active, often even considered simply because people need jobs because they need the money. And now, with the economy so disrupted, employment raises a lot of questions. 
What businesses are even open? Yeah. Who's hiring? How safe do we feel conducting business? How safe are consumers feeling regarding patronizing the businesses that are open? How safe would you feel returning to a job you had or a new job that you might need now? No matter what your path is and why you are taking some steps to wade back into the world of work, when it's time. Our show talked about how to do this. Yeah, and, and the thing, you know, think about that with regard to work too. Even though we have all of these people unemployed now, I forgot what the last number was, 23 million, uh, I've kind of lost track. It might even be more than that a little. What, what that creates, aside from, obviously, we, we got whole, all kinds of other things we're going to need to get into downstream. Um, uh, as we talk about the economy and the people are trying to spend our way out of this and so forth. But at a very personal level, once you're out of the workplace, what happens when jobs suddenly become available? Now everybody is competing to yep. get back into that Absolutely. work, right? So you, you, this is not something obviously anybody asked for. But let's say your typical competition for a position was, you know, 20 or 50 or 100 applicants for some job, right? And, and before, actually, a lot of employers were going, you know, begging, trying to find people. Now, who knows how many people are going to be out there looking for work? And maybe looking for half the amount of positions that may or may not be there because of the social distancing that we have been told will go on for quite some time until a vaccine is discovered. Right. That right, right there takes 50% potentially of a job out. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's changing the whole dynamic. We'll get into this as we get uh, later in the program about how, um, how will people work? You know, how are people going to show up? Not every job is built for remote work. Uh, you're going to have to find some way to, you know, to be able to actually, uh, you know, go there and be able to not worry about getting sick. We've got more on that. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Up next, we'll talk about some of the good and bad brought about by the crisis and some of the controversy it has stirred up in the Republic. We can't take your calls today, but you can write to us at Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. Back with more in just a moment. You are listening to There Is A Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob Wolf. And I'm Gloria Shanahan. As we were talking just before... Um, we were going through some of the, the the different programs that we had done recently that even had rerun recently and we were talking about how uh, how relevant they seemed within the coronavirus and and uh, context and you covered a bunch of them here we talked about estate sales careers later in life clutter and so forth one we didn't get to here was the topic of loneliness which is huge bob this is a big big thing and and certainly this has been come uh, become compounded by social distancing not only of our own choosing as we prudently lower the risk to more vulnerable senior populations, but it's also been dictated to us by our state's uh, authorities and by organizations like residential communities that have issued no visit policies over the last month and a half or so and may still have those in effect into the future. Will Zoom meetings become commonplace now? Uh, so what is a phone call or a text worth to a senior right now that you care for? Is that enough? How can each of us reach out to someone who's lonely? Uh, so that was something we were thinking about. 
So as we mentioned, there's a lot of stuff we talk about on this program. And when the whole COVID-19 crisis wasn't even a flicker on the television screen, we've been doing shows that drive to the heart of our lives, the things that really matter. We hope in the context of this crisis, you can put this content to use and offer us your insights about how to revisit these topics in the future on the other side of the crisis. Which is something everybody's hoping for, right? Absolutely. So, of course, there have been those, out, those folks out there, out on the front lines, our doctors and nurses and first responders, our manufacturers, our truckers, and so many others in essential work who are keeping as many people alive as they can and trying to keep the economy alive as best they can. We're indebted to these courageous souls and really have to stop and give prayers of thanks for them, as well as prayers of petition for their continued health amidst extraordinary difficulties. This is especially the case, of course, in our most stricken regions of the country, but there are countless others across the U.S. and around the world doing what I would consider saintly work on our behalf. Yes, absolutely. Those of us removed from the front lines, so to speak, we're not leading worry-free lives either, of course. No. As I've said, millions have lost work or seen it diminished. Millions of families have had to rework their home life as kids are home from school. This has had a huge impact on those who don't or didn't have jobs that translate well into remote work situations. It's also had an unknown impact on the children, some of whom have thrived with distance schooling, some who have not done as well away from the classroom, and some for whom the school day meant a break from a troubled home life. Yeah, yeah, and so now a lot of those kids are back in Many some of Many people might situations. not realize that. Yeah, it's you make a policy, and then there's all these maybe intended but also unintended consequences. Right, and for some of those, it's it maybe even a meal during the day. Right, there's a very practical consideration. Right. So for the many who have been able to work from home, one thing we'd like you to think about here as, as we go to break is, you know, what are your challenges? What have you faced? Is it hard to concentrate? You had a lot of interruptions, perhaps? Is your health better or worse? Um, you know, we've always talked about how digital technology bleeds into our lives. Is it that much worse now that you're home? Uh, or is there is that all become just one big soup between work and home activity? Anyway, there's a lot of people competing for bandwidth, and I'm in my house. I know that's a problem. Anyway, <laughs> write to us with your stories of sheltering in place. We'd love to hear from you this week. So here it is, Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. We've got plenty more ahead for you. You are listening to There Is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf, And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Thanks for being with us here and for tuning in. We're so glad you've been able to follow our show, and we hope you follow all the shows you hear on this station as we try to get through this coronavirus uh, you know, crisis that we've had here. We've got so many things we'd love to talk about, and we will here in the next several weeks. Many different angles on on uh, on this whole issue and how it's impacting our lives, and of course things change, right? Day uh, to day, sometimes hour to hour. Yes, and and I I have found for one that that some of that is frustrating because people are looking to try to bank on something, in, even short of a vaccine or some kind of antibody answer. Other things in terms of policy, in terms of general practices, and how do you do this, and should we do this, and can you get it from this? 
it's it's very confusing for people. Well, we have to remember that we're we're practicing in real time in a real world, right? We're not practicing just in the labs. We're not practicing just in the hospitals. We're trying to figure this all out and how it will all work, all the while dealing with a virus that we've never seen the likes of before. Right. And so we're kind of, you know, acting on, you know, day to day. Oh, wait, that's not the right way to do it. This is better. Yeah. Yeah. And there's and there's a lot of uh, reaction to this, which I think is some of what people are trying to cut through is is what's happened with the media, what's happened with our leaders, what's happened with the researchers, the authorities. Uh, we certainly had terrible things in the past with Spanish flu. Uh, we've had the SARS thing. We had um, uh, sw um, swine flu. We've had other big, big things in the last uh, 20 years, particularly, and had different reactions to those things. This is a different kind of virus, but it's not like coronavirus has never existed. Uh, but it scared a lot of people, and it set in motion a lot of behavior where people were really trying to tamp it down, yeah. particularly to flatten the curve and yeah. all of that. It came on so unexpected and so quickly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I know the flu kills just as many people that we've already lost per year, but I think the fact that we don't have any protection per se yeah, is they, very frightening to everyone. And so when people saw the numbers so quickly expanding, uh, they didn't understand even at that point, although there's been a lot more speculation now, that that the rate of death and even the rate of cases could be very small compared to um, the thousands of people who maybe have had it and are asymptomatic. It doesn't minimize, obviously, that people die. No, it's a not thing. at all. But the numbers really had everybody pretty wigged out, you know, and that's kind of where we are. Yeah, and, and just not being prepared. The hospitals weren't prepared for the influx at the rate they were coming. Yeah, they so were quickly, right. Now, what's happened, of course, is, and you can follow this on various sites out there, we had our hot spots in the country, particularly in um, New York, New which Jersey. is just unbelievably, uh, that, that whole metro area, and in New Orleans uh, was, was some trouble, yeah. and there were some other places that also showed higher numbers. And then you had people in other parts of the country who were scratching their head thinking, what's going on? That's another world to us. That, but we're like that as a nation anyway. Even if you went back to things like um, Hurricane uh, Katrina? Katrina or Harvey or some of these other things. It's not to say people around the country didn't feel for those people or maybe even tried to offer them material support, but it didn't affect their lives. Day to day. Day to day. That's right. And there's some of that going on here too. Even though people across the country are masking and they've got orders from their leaders about, you know, staying at home and social distancing, it's not New York City and it's not New Orleans. No, but... It, and we'll talk about this, but it is now going to really affect everybody equally when we come to the economic impact from this. Right. That right. will touch all of us, if not the entire yeah, world. Because these policies are so uh, wide ranging. And we'll get into that more here. But here's some of the things that we'd like to cover. I don't know that we'll get to all of them today. But we're going to talk about this change from social distancing to containment right around this period here in this next month. Various states will be starting to implement these recommended phase one changes, right? So our state here has got some, some changes coming. Uh, there's supposed to be a phase two and a phase three. Nobody knows the exact timing of these things, um, but we should be seeing some changes soon. Right. And, and, and it's different from state to state, which I think also just blurs everything for everybody. Right. I really do. And I think it also... Um, predisposes us to a lot of angst and anxiety and frustration because different states are doing different things. Yes. And, and I think 
perhaps one of my biggest frustrations, but again, I'm not looking at individual numbers and people have studied this in another way. It seems arbitrary sometimes that people had a date and then all of a sudden they pushed it back two weeks. So it used to be, say, May 1st, and it May 15th, then it went to May 30th. And you're kind of scratching your head going, well, gee, your peers aren't doing that in similar states. Like the, the case that came up this past week about Hawaii, right? Yeah, they, they have moved not it back very to the 30th. Hard. And they I have know. very few cases. However, people are going to want to then go to Hawaii. Right. When that will maybe put them a little bit on the, you know, the edge of, uh-oh, what if we have an outbreak? Well, certainly the the airlines would be happy if people got on their planes and went there. On right. the other hand, are there additional risks to flying? I, you know, we don't know for sure all of that. Yeah. So that's the kind of confusion people are living in. Uh, and, and we're going to be talking a lot about that and getting into some of the detail of how these decisions are made. We're also going to talk about one that impacts millions of families across the country, and that's kids and schooling. Yeah, it's a huge one, and there is no easy answer at all either end that you look at that whole situation going back to school or not going back to school poses issues right right that it's, don't have easy answers i was talking to people uh, just within the last week here and uh this this one uh, gentleman I was, I was donating blood actually and this one gentleman said when they issued the uh, kids at home thing that they, they closed the schools a lot of the people here didn't know what to do they they suddenly had to stop working uh, and we hadn't even drawn back. We needed to get donors in here, but they suddenly had to go and take care of kids at the home front. Right. So that's one impact. Uh, of course, they're trying to protect families. They're also trying to protect the staff at these places. A lot of the teachers, nobody wants to get sick, but these policies um, change the nature of stuff. We've also talked recently about the impact on higher education, particularly. Um, Which already people were beginning and have been for years, some people questioning the value versus you know the cost you're paying right for university education there there's been a lot of talk out there amidst all this coronavirus about what is going to happen at universities are kids right. going to go back you and i were already uh we've covered this probably four or five times is everybody right for college you know what about a lot of the skilled trades that aren't getting filled because people are getting worthless or meaningless degrees at school have people had that on a sit down around the kitchen table conversation with a young kid who simply wants to get out and go free from mom and dad and live the experience. Yeah. You know, for fifty, six, sixty thousand right. dollars a year. For the past five years particularly, there's already been a lot of conversation about what about the kid who just isn't meant to go to a traditional four year college? What right. about the trade schools? And, and so now you've got this situation here where people may start to question that. And, and, and while distance learning isn't perfect for everybody, it certainly has become a way that people can continue to make progress and get a degree. And schools are going to face that competition even, even within their own model. So they may create, you know, we used to have University of Phoenix as the only one out there. Then we started seeing all these schools and you'd say, now where is that? Where's that school? But they'd be advertising nationally. Now a lot of our schools are going to say, I got to retain that student somehow. But can I charge the same amount credit per hour? You know, I'm not going to have their room and board fee coming in here. What does that do to our cost structure? It's really going to upend things. Right. And and there might be, as in the K through 12 schools, as well at colleges, some type of hybrid program where some is, you know, you come in maybe for labs or things that you have to be on campus for, but the rest is online. I don't know. Right. But I do know that the uh, commuter versus the 
campus experience, I think is definitely going to change. Yes. So that'll be one topic we delve into even more, the whole kids and schooling thing. And of course, we're we'll revis revisiting it possibly even during the summer and into the fall. Another area we were discussing uh, this past week was this idea of litigation and legal exposure. And while some people are already out there trying to advance programs to indemnify the world, you know, to cut all the risk down, uh, to, you know, avoid, to have tort reform in terms of lawsuits, and I can see them wanting to do that and why they would want to do it. The flip side of that is that there are a lot of places that could take advantage of that too. Absolutely. We, we talked about one when it came to uh, even the area of, of senior care, right? If somebody, and it's not to, we're not impugning any particular organization. And we're not suspicious of anything. Right. We need to make that clear. But if you suddenly say you will not be investigated for any uh, malfeasance at all in the area of coronavirus, right? Right. You're pretty much giving people carte blanche to say, oh, well, you know, they died of, of whatever. Right. Uh, it, especially when you're not even allowed to be on the premises to check on your loved one just to see how they're doing. Right. right. So you don't know what happens. Uh, similarly, um, the people who are of a litigious nature, and you see those commercials that come out all the time, sometimes a, a new medication sometimes hits the market and those legal commercials come out with like a month later saying, you know, studies show that a certain percentage of people were blah, blah, blah. Are we going to become this really litigious culture where people aren't going to want to go into a job? Is the company at legal exposure? Right. Do I not feel safe at work? People may say, I have a legitimate lawsuit here to bring over this company. I don't think they're protecting me. Our school well, where, district's going to do it. What's the measurement of that? You insisted my kid go to school so that they're not truant. If I don't have an option to do distance learning, does that mean... Are my rights being impeded upon? Right. Huge it's... issues uh, possibly to be faced there. Yes. Um, we're going to talk more about this. The whole idea of where to go strategically here. There's, you know, Everybody wants the silver bullet. Naturally, the vaccine uh, is the thing that that people are, are, are hoping rescues us and, and antibody studies and so forth. Um, there's been a lot of talk about testing and contract uh, contact tracing. You and I have a little bit of question about some of that in terms of its uh, well, is efficacy. It, is it the beginning of our privacy also being taken from us with the apps that they would use to trace our steps so that they can find our contacts that we'd been in contact with if we develop COVID-19? Yeah, so, yeah, where were you? Who were you with? And that's so forth. That's a huge issue. And here. if you test somebody today, right? If somebody's negative today, they're gonna be positive five days tomorrow. From, right? so, so you'll build yeah. this mountain of data, which may or may not really benefit us. But that's at least what a lot of people are talking about. They need to do right. Um, so we're going to talk about uh, a lot of these things in the next several weeks. We talked about you know this change to containment. Talked about opening up the states and the impact on the economy. There's so much to discuss there. We're talking about trillions of dollars of wealth uh, not made, you know, and, and this tension that goes on uh, between caring for sick people and not wanting more people to get sick and what the, you, you can't, we can't all hide under a rock, right? We, no. The economy still has to live. Absolutely. So, you know, will these businesses still be able to open up? Will we be able to get back into the, uh, into the game um, somehow and do a both end. And that's obviously, you know, the president's responsibility, but it's all of our responsibilities to make that decision. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about a couple other things, uh, about the use of masks and also some other things that have to do with, you know, uh, this idea of containment and even contagion. How do we manage all of the little detail of all of that? 
That's on the other side of this when we return. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob Wolf. And I'm Gloria Shanahan. As we've been trying to do our best here to skim along several different topics, we hope to really dig into these more in the coming weeks. One little thing that I guess a lot of people have been wondering here, and you're a good one to explain this, since you've, you know, you're a cancer survivor, you had to deal with, uh, you know, protecting your health and real specifics when you did a stem oh, cell. Oh, yeah. I'm a pro at social distancing. And all of that kind of stuff. So one of the things people always wonder is how do our, our masks supposed to get used and what are they for? And I think a lot of people misunderstand this. Well, it depends on the type of mask. And obviously, I can't emphasize enough that our healthcare workers and our first responders need the all so coveted N95 masks. Right. They offer the best protection, right? From stuff coming in. Right. right. Absolutely. Um, and then there's the barrier mask, which prevent stuff from coming in and from going out in the other direction, which are also N95. There's a version of those. The masks are really um, a consideration of others. If I were to cough and sneeze and I have something over my mouth, preferably something that has a filter area, I am protecting the person across from me more than I am protecting myself when I inhale and when I breathe in. So it's a containment it's a, of bad of stuff droplet, you might have. Of a droplet going out right. for the person right. that's over there inhaling, breathing in. Now, most people then in a common environment, uh, aside from any shortages in, in N95s, could wear, wear these, you know, could wear the surgical mask or something less that actually... And those like, are hard to come by too right, right now. They've speculated about scarves and things like that, which again, just a scarf by itself may not be that much protection. Not much protection, the cloth. <laughs> but the, the way to think about it, though is contain your own germs. Right. Okay, that's, that's the first way to think about it. Absolutely. And then for those people in high-risk situations, contain anything they might take in and that's why they need the very best protection out there right and still the best i believe is the social distancing to just stay away because it is a matter of degree the droplets right. coming in with that, that's virus. why i find some of these digital models they've done where they show where a sneeze goes on a plane or a store and that gets into a whole topic about where else do the germs go besides into your your uh, your mouth or your nose or whatever there's so much to consider in that arena uh that that we don't know empirically we don't have all the right and people forget we're so habitual if we're wearing a mask it doesn't matter if it's an n95 or a cloth mask and we take our fingers that have touched something contaminated and we wipe our eyes right you might as right. well not have your mask on per se so that's that's just one little snapshot we've got a lot more we're going to talk about next time uh our leaders what are they doing you know in terms of their degree and and are they doing too much are they not doing enough uh, we'll, we'll get into all of that. We're going to talk about some unintended consequences of staying at home and some other diseases and other deaths that are being caused in the country. We've got so much more to get into, plus the, the economic issues. And I'd like to talk a little bit more about that loneliness factor and how we can maybe make some changes for people who are lonely. There's a lot of ways to get creative. Thanks for being with us here. We'll come back and talk to you next week. You've been listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Have a blessed week.